Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brood Life podcast. And I'm excited to uh, having these discussions with uh, friends about their journey through deconstruction uh, and their faith journey and what that looks like for them and what it looks like now. And I'm going to talk to Josh today. And before we get started with that discussion, I'm just going to hand over to him real quick and let him introduce himself to you, even though this is his third time on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi, my name is Josh King. Uh, I am live here in the good old city of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I am a former uh, youth pastor, former pastor um, at a church here in town. And now I am working with the serving with a great uh, group of people uh, called NeighborLink, where we go out and pretty much get people connected to serve their community. And so um, it's still really fresh. I just started. <laughs> um, so actually my first day, I'm taking a week off right now. So I'm taking a really a week off and then I'm going to be starting here next week, but I'm really excited. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped to be on here. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Um, so like I said, just having conversations about, uh, you know, deconstruction, which is a buzzword right <laughs> right now i think right, yes, and yes, it's, not, it it's not a bad word but it can mean a lot wow. of different things to a lot of different people right. uh so um just to kind of start out like what it was your kind of like your faith or church background growing up yeah so um growing up i went to i i'm not from fort wayne so i'm from lansing michigan east lansing area um my faith tradition I would say it was non non denominational, um, but we had a very multi ethnic, um, diverse community um, within our church. Um, definitely a little charismatic. Um, definitely, you know, people were speaking in tongues, falling out in the spirit. Um, but it was just I loved going to church. Um, I I didn't uh, I wasn't pressured. Uh, I felt as if like going was like um it was a highlight of the week because i got to see friends and family uh and my dad was a full-time pastor full worked full-time as a pastor worked full-time as a uh, state employee of michigan uh and so yeah it was crazy it was crazy time but i loved it yeah so how do you had like which i think that is not a super common experience for a lot of people especially in the midwest to have a yeah. multi-ethnic experience in, in church and to have uh just be able to be in that setting mm -hmm. like what what kind of impact did that have on you and your your own faith in your own life growing up in that setting yeah so i think for me especially it was so our, at the front of the church and it was a big church like uh they had all the nation's flags like hanging up and above it was the christian flag so but it was to symbolize that the the nation the group of people of god were no longer just one nation but it was full of people of different ethnicities and different cultures and um, for me it was so rich uh, to be able to participate in worshiping with people who experience jesus in different ways and so i got to hear songs and the funny thing is like i tell people all the time i didn't know hymns were hymns until i moved to fort wayne <laughs> like I didn't know Hillsong I didn't know Bethel I didn't know any of that stuff um but it was very like upbeat um very like just rhythmic um and I got to hear um worship songs 
uh, in different, you know, languages. And it was beautiful. And that was a huge part of me that really just resonated me to say like, okay, so the kingdom of heaven is not just mono-ethnic. It is multi-ethnic and it can be done. Um, Especially if you live in a place that is full of, it's multi-ethnic. So uh, it was just really rich for me to be able to experience that growing up. So, so, you know, fast forward a little bit, you, you grew up in this church in, in Michigan, you moved to Fort Wayne. Um, and then you go through life. You, like you said, you were a, a youth pastor and a pastor to church. Like what happened, you know, whenever it happened, like what happened for you that kind of like, started or ignited those questions or uh, those thoughts that set you on that Mm -hmm. journey of deconstruction? Yeah. So it's funny because for me, uh, it started when I, around middle school and being in high school, I kind of basically was like threw the faith out the window because I was just like this, something just traumatic happened. A friend of mine died in a very traumatic way. And so, you know, I was always taught God is good. God is great. Um, he's omnipotent, omnipresent. Um, he's just like all powerful. So then in my head, like logically, because, you know, God gives us minds and reason, I had a reason that he could not be all those things if he allowed something like that to happen to a friend. So yeah, I'm on a podcast. Sorry. That's my brother. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I just couldn't reason in my head that, that that could be possible. And so then I began to really just ask the question, like, okay, is there a God? Like, um, And just turn of events, uh, I came back to the faith um, with the help of a guy named Pastor Gerald Coleman. But through that, he, I really just had a lot of deep, deep questions um, that I was like, okay, I got to figure some of this stuff out. Um, and especially moving to Fort Wayne, it did kind of change the way that I view Christianity because that's when I learned about politics and how much politics, um, really, really are like woven into the faith. Um, and then like finding out like, okay, if you're a Christian, you are right wing, which I didn't grow up in. Like I grew up in a very, like my parents are very in the middle of a lot of things. Um, but like. In Fort Wayne, when I moved here, because I didn't realize how conservative it was, um, people were just like, you can't be Christian and vote Democrat. You can't be Christian and this. You can't be And I was like, whoa, I did not know that. So I was really like struggling to think like, okay, what does it actually mean to follow Jesus? Like, what does that actually look like? So I really wrestled with that um, because I've had people tell me, well, you can't be Christian, do this. But then the the hypocrisy in their lives and then i would have to read the scriptures for myself to fully understand this and i'm reading this and i'm just like wait a minute this is contradictory to everything that you're telling me um and so really pastor g he just invited me in to like diving into those questions and at one point i would i would even say like for the long i probably up until the end of like my high school year um you know I was probably down, you know, diving into, I was like, I was agnostic. Um, and then towards the end, I would say, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus, but I want to know what it really means to follow Jesus. Like, you're not going to tell me what it means. Like, you're not, you're, I want to read it for myself. Uh, so that really had me diving into the scriptures for myself. 
Yeah. And so when you were, when you were going through that process and, and questioning and, you know, and, and I'll say this like now, like for those listening, like I don't all, I don't think that deconstruction is always like a one-time event. I think we go through different no. periods yeah. of deconstruction. Uh, but, yeah. but during that time, like what were kind of the reactions or, I mean, and maybe any other period mm-hmm. in your life when you're kind of going through the same thing, but what have been the, kind of like the reactions of those around you when you've been going through those pro- that process? Yeah. So, I mean, even just for me now, so I, 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 I like what you said. I think people think deconstruction is like a one-time thing, um, but it's not, it's a continuous, like there are things that I'm learning now that totally I would have not have agreed with at the age of, you know, 20, 21, um, working or interning at certain churches. I'm like, Whoa, I would not have agreed with that. But, um, I think the reaction really is, you know, you're liberal or you're a snowflake, which I've been called, uh, (laughs) multiple times. Um, and you know, when you really start to ask those serious questions and, and even point the text out to those people, it's like, oh no, like you're interpreting the text wrong, but I'm doing the exegesis. Like I'm, I'm doing the exegetical like work. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the hermeneutics in the text. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the sources. I'm, I'm trying my best to honor the text well, but then I bring it to you and then you tell me I'm liberal. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Are we reading the same Bible? <laughs> because yeah. like that, that's some of the things that I get really, really confused on, or even just like, you know, I'll point something out where it's like, you know, you say you're pro-life um, and, you know, and I, and I really believe like a lot of Christians love and fight for the unborn, but they're not, they're pro-fetus, but not pro-life. Right. Where I'm, right. you know, I have a consistent life ethic because I look at the text and it's like, well, God cares about the life of the unborn through, you know, the prisoner, the orphan, the immigrant, the, the you know, the poor, like all these lives, like God cares about you know, the ethnic, like, like God cares about, but you want to make excuses <laughs> for all these other things. Um, and, you know, I get called liberal. So it's, it's, it's very frustrating at points, but then it almost became just a, a joke at, you know, I've been called a universalist. Uh, <laughs> where I'm like, what? I don't even know how you got to that or, but yeah, man, it's, it's interesting. The reactions of where I really think people I'm like, are you reading the text for yourself or are you just taking whatever someone spoon fed you on Sunday and, and not yeah. really reading it for yourself? So, yeah. Yeah, no, that that's really good. And I think that within the, um, within the evangelical church specifically right now, mm-hmm. even more so mm-hmm. uh, probably more than ever, like deconstruction is like a boogeyman. Like, Yes. Think that like CRT, like critical. Yeah. Yes. CRT. <laughs> uh, they, they think, yeah, CRT and deconstruction, they go hand in hand. Uh, but yes, uh, they like, they think that it means that you're like throwing away your faith and just completely walking right. away from the church, which is not like, like, I mean, there, like there are some people who do that. Like there are some people yeah. who go through deconstruction and they do walk away from the faith and, for yeah. whatever their reasons are. But yeah. For a lot of us, it's just uh, not throwing out everything, but mm-hmm. like examining everything and, and saying, yeah. okay, wh- what am I going to keep that I know is true? And what do right. I need to take a step back and look at and examine 
And, you know, like you, like you said, like, Mm -hmm. look at the scripture, look at church history. Like, what are these things that Mm -hmm. I, that I need to re-examine and maybe come away with a different perspective on than what I had before? Yeah. And I mean, even just like, so for me, I take a very Christocentric view of pacifism. Like I, I believe like as a follower of Jesus, we're called to lay down the sword. Um, God uses the state, you know, the government, whatever, but as a Christian, like we are called to, I believe my conviction is called to live in, in a very, in, with, with, with a nonviolent lifestyle. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's me and my wife's conviction, but, and if you look at the text, you know, and you really read it again, you have to study and go deeper. You have to go read like the early church was nonviolent for years, for, for generations. They believed in that. And so I just think that if churches begin to make space um, and, and I think that you, you said, a, you said something really interesting about not throwing everything out the, you know, the baby out of the bathwater. Um, like if we make safe spaces for people to generally ask questions and not feel as if they're going to be completely shunned or kicked out, um, but allow them to come to reason, allow them to, to, to dive deep because the faith and doubt are like, they're brothers, they're, they're cousins, they're, they're related. Um, you see without, with doubting Thomas, you know, asking Jesus, like, I need to see those holes in your hand. I need to see those wounds for myself. And Jesus didn't, you know, be like, no, what, what's wrong with you? Haven't I done enough? Haven't I shown you enough? Haven't like, he's like, okay. And then he falls on his face and says, you know, Lord, Lord, like, I, I, I think, if we begin to take on a posture of humility and say, let's walk with people and create safe spaces, especially I I feel like my age and younger, we try to really do that with youth ministry. It's like create safe spaces to ask hard questions and then be able to be humble enough to say, I don't know, (laughs) which I think is the greatest, some of the, one of the greatest phrases, senses in, in the entire English language is I don't know. And I'm, I'm, I'm humble enough to admit that I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, so as you, you know, have gone and like still going through this process of, of examining and questioning and learning, like what mm-hmm. kind of like, what does your faith look like right now? And how yeah. is it different than what it looked like before? Yeah. My faith is very open-handed. Um, it's not closed fisted it's not um one that's not willing to grow and evolve or even re-examine things that i've even um i'm always i'm always open to dialoguing it and whether that's you know conservative theology or liberal i mean it's like no it's all god's truth is all truth okay like (laughs) i'm not we're not afraid to and i can learn from anybody you know um but my faith is very it's very open-handed um, and it is very, very centered on Jesus because I truly believe that um, the best representation of God is Christ on the cross, is, is, is God dying for his enemies. And so uh, with that, if I, if, if, and I have a very view of Jesus being Lord and not just Savior uh, because if, like he is Savior, but the attach the Lordship onto him. Um, means that my life, my orientation of what I, how I do things looks completely different. 
Um, And that even means for the church, because I love the church because Jesus loves the church and she's ugly. Trust me. (laughs) We know she's ugly. She, she is, she is ugly, but I love her. He died for her. Um, But church is not just Sunday morning. Please just hear me out. If anyone listens is later, church is not Sunday morning. There's groups of people meeting around Fort Wayne right now um, that are just talking, engaging, have those safe spaces. Um, but yeah, my faith is just, I, I feel so liberated in Mm. my faith. Um, I feel free and I feel joy and passion and zeal because even through the reading the scriptures, it's opened up my creativity. Um, and it has opened up my imagination, uh, in, in my life, the way that I read the scripture is not dull, but it's full of life and color. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, that that's great. And I love that uh, perspective of being, having an open-handed faith, because I think mm-hmm. that for so long, uh, yeah. the conservative evangelical setting and you know people get upset with me when i call out uh the evangelical church <laughs> well it's specifically when i call out white evangelicalism but that's a whole other story they uh but really i mean like it is very close twisted it's like you know yeah. we it's like we know the answers and we have all the answers right and this is what the answers are and you either you fall in line or you, you know, you don't, you know, you don't have a relationship with God or you can't Mm. be part of this, this group that we have because you don't, you know, I mean, it could be anything from, uh, something. I I was going to say something simple, but there isn't really anything (laughs) simple, but, uh, but it could be anything from, you know, like, whether, what does tithing look like you or for you or, or should women be be pastoring or teaching should we you know uh be open to the lgbtq community in our churches like yeah like there's no open-handedness it's all this is what the bible says but really Mm -hmm. it's this is how i interpret what the bible says and this is how i'm going to and i think even now the way i teach the scriptures now i never say this is what the bible said that's it's it's this is my interpretation yes um and I encourage people to go and read it for themselves. But like, this is, this is my interpretation. I, I could be telling you the wrong thing for the longest time and you would never know. Um, but I mean, I mean, what would it look like just for, and we were talking a little bit earlier, but like to learn, I, I, I think my, my faith tradition is more um, linked with the Anabaptists. And I would mm-hmm. consider myself and my, my faith, you know, theology a little towards Anabaptists. Um, but you know, we're talking about Father Jarmus, and I got to sit down and, and talk to him about the Orthodox Church and just learning from him, learning from him and, and hearing about church history and sitting down with my Catholic brothers and sisters and my Anglican brothers and sisters and my Lutheran brothers and sisters. And there's such a rich, it's like we all have, you know, God is this huge, magnificent, just unpicturable like beast. And like we all have just a small grasp of who he is. Um, And it's almost as soul. It is very um, arrogant to believe that we have the market on spirituality. You know, Um, it is very, very arrogant to say, well, we know what's, you know, we know, no, we don't, 
we have a small glimpse, we have a small thing. And I think if we begin to teach and learn and say, go sit down, you know, you might not agree with everything your Catholic brother and sister says, um, because I don't, but I can learn so much from them um, and their faith tradition and how they worship and things like that. doesn't mean I'm going to go to mass every Sunday, but I can learn and sit down. um, And I have, I've learned so many things from my brothers and sisters in in different faith traditions. It's beautiful. It's rich. um, Not to be so closed off or, you know, white knuckled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, yeah, so as you, you know, have gone or are and are going through this, mm-hmm. there's people listening right now that probably are in the same position uh, where yeah. they're questioning what they believe, what they grew up with. You know, I'm 40 years old and I'm still like deconstructing things that I've been taught yeah. my entire life. And yeah, uh, what, what like kind of advice or encouragement will you give to somebody who's kind of in the middle of this right now and maybe struggling or don't feel like they have a lot of support? Yeah, I think, so one, you have to know that God does love you. Um, Even if you get to a place where you're kind of like, well, there is no God. Well, sorry, I don't believe there's anything such thing as the atheist. Like, you know, you would have told someone that you're an atheist and, you know, Jesus time, they would have laughed at you because they're like, you have a positive God to the Romans, you have Yahweh, you know, it just, it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be feasible then, which, you know, whatever people say that thing now, I think everyone is spiritually curious. You're looking for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just know that God loves you. And two, I want to apologize for the way that my family, the church, because here's the thing, I am part of a greater thing bigger than myself. And if you've been hurt or traumatized, you have church hurt, you have church trauma, like just know that I am so sorry that has happened to you. Um, and that is not Jesus. Um, that is some poor representations of Christ, but that is not who Jesus is. Um, and so I would say, don't completely give up, ask questions, seek truth, um, listen to other people, um, ask people who are, who you trust, um, and say like, Hey, I'm, I'm really questioning some of these things. Can you walk with me in this? And just quick shout out to Jesse Hanna, you know, in the midst of me working in evangelical church, he helped me in my, in my wrestling. And my question, even just now today, like, you know, we're on that road trip and I'm, I'm listening and I'm hearing and we're just talking and dialoguing and questioning and he still helps me process some of that stuff. Um, so just don't, don't give up. Don't give up on Jesus uh, because he is so good and he's so amazing and he's just better than some stuff we experience on Sunday yeah. morning. Um, so yeah, that's, a, that's my advice. That's yeah, that's awesome. And I think that that is so important is uh, even if you don't feel like it, like make that mm-hmm. attempt to find safe places that you can yeah. talk because I, you know, like I get it. Like there is a lot of churches that don't feel safe to yeah. question and to doubt and to dialogue about these things. But if you can't find it in your own church or in your own faith community, then, you know, mm-hmm. find, find it somewhere, find somebody who would just listen and without judgment and, and condemnation and just be a safe place for you to, 
yeah. dialogue and question. You know, like for me, a lot of times it's my wife and a few other friends. <laughs> but, right, right. You know, it, right. but but there, you, but just find the safe place. Like that's so important because it's so easy to internalize everything and mm-hmm. it becomes overwhelming. But when we have people that we can dialogue and just like get it out in the open, uh, it is a right. lot easier to go through that process. And we have to remember the church is broken people like sorry we are we are bent people like we are not we are it's 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 here but not yet and the church is supposed to be a glimpse of the new earth and i've met so many beautiful people in my in my church and you know my former the former place of employment that i was at um who truly do love people really well and do love jesus um and so we can't i think there's this idea too of like you know, I'm not playing devil's advocate, but I think there's other thing of like, okay, we, we have to completely just throw church out. Like we have to, which I think there might have to be another like idea of what church looks like, but that's not throw church out because remember church, it's not about the building. It's not about that haze machine. It's not about that sweet bass core that, you know, that really just gets you into it. It's not about the pastor. It's not about the elders. It's not about, it's about, jesus and the people of god and when you dive into community it is the best thing you're never called to do life alone like that's the thing you've never been called to do that alone you haven't been called to isolate within yourself or even just your family like you're called to live out this 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 life this you know humanness with other people um that's the whole creation story is that you know a lot of people want to just dive into marriage but no it's about you're never called to just do this alone um so don't just completely give up, wrestle, talk, engage, ask hard questions, um, but don't completely just give up. Yeah, no, that's great. I totally agree. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, for those of uh, those that are listening that live in the area and Fort Wayne area, can you kind of just give a plug for NeighborLink and maybe how they can get involved with that? Yeah, yeah. So you can go on NeighborLink's website, or you can hit me up, um, Josh King. Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm on all the social medias. Um, but really, okay. And I think this is part of the thing too. If you really want Fort Wayne's amazing city, and we got some crazy people here, some crazy awesome people here, um, go on our website, look up your zip code, and you can go out and just rake someone's leaves and have a conversation with someone. And it will be amazing. Um, so if you're not looking to go to something on Sunday morning, but you want to mow a lot, <laughs> yeah, you can do that. You can serve. You can take your friends. You can take your family. Um, and you can go and you can serve. Um, but yeah, so check it out, neighborlink.com. Um, we'd love to have you. <laughs> awesome. And then uh, before we go, uh, ask everybody uh, that comes on the podcast, when you're going out and having coffee with somebody, uh, what oh, yeah. is your drink of choice? Oh man. Oh, let's see right now. It is, you know, what, man, I just, I love Americanos. They never fail a nice Americano. Yeah. It very, very hard to disappoint. No, yeah. I have been disappointed. it is it is very hard to disappoint but uh it's a hot like especially right now it's getting cold and really want fall to be here but um 
yeah, just a nice Americano. Yeah. Does the soul well. Right. That's, <laughs> that's if I do go somewhere and I don't know what to get, that's my go-to every time mm-hmm. is a is an Americano. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Nice hot Americano. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for being open and honest and sharing. And I uh, know that this is going to be helpful and encouraging to people who are in the same situation. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And yeah, and let the peace and joy and love of life just flow through everybody listening to this. So have a good week. Have a good day. Awesome. <laughs>